Welcome back to Run Up The Score with Ben Bachman and Bo Mullet. We are what here. up, what up, up? We are here to recap the last couple weeks of the NFL since we missed a week and uh, then uh, get you a little preview of what is to come. Um... And we also wanted to let you know that we are going to be doing a test run of some NFL commentating on the ColorCast app. Um, And a large part of the success rate is how much of an audience we can bring in. And so we're not sure which game yet, but we do know um, that our time slot will be the 4 30 4 o'clock games on sunday and so um if you download the ColorCast app and want to join onto that uh stream of our commentary that would be awesome and um so we just want to let you know that we are going to be doing that and hopefully be able to get that set up for uh the future um but let's get right into the Week 13 news. Let me pull it up here. So, Ben, um, let me see what we got. Oh, the only big news that came out uh, with week 13 or from where we last talked is that it was announced that Big Ben is saying that this will be the last season with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean – it was like one of those things where you kind of expected it, but, you know, to really hear it from him, you know, I'm sure it impacted the team a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get to that, get to their game that followed that statement. And, you know, just another quarterback from that 2004 draft class hanging up the cleats. Mm-hmm. That was That was a great class of quarterbacks right there. Um, so on Thursday night of week 13, we had the Cowboys going to the saints and they won 27 to 17. It was Taysom Hill's first start of the year. Um, he threw four interceptions. I think most of them came in the fourth quarter. Um, I guess, what did, what did you make of this game, Ben? Because, uh, I was, I was expecting the Cowboys to, handle this pretty well as soon as i heard Taysom hill was starting i immediately chose the cowboy side um and i wasn't disappointed it was actually it was 27 to 10 and the saints ended up getting a late touchdown to make it 27 17 um but uh what did you make of Taysom hill what did you make of the cowboys performance um yeah just kind of all of it yeah, um, you know, I think a common theme that we're going to be talking about here in the show is the Cowboys defense really stepping it up. Um, 
granted, you know, a performance against Taysom Hill is not a true test, but you know, it's it's something. Um, as for Taysom Hill's play, you know, he he made a lot of exciting plays, but it's it's not really a quarterback esque style of play. You know, uh, you know, if you had him in fantasy football, he got you over twenty points, which is uh, suitable for a quarterback in fantasy football. But outside of that, I mean, you never want your quarterback throwing four interceptions. So, you know, you know, take what you may. I will say, there were times a bit when Taysom Hill would run and, you know, he would just make guys miss. And, you know, it was a little bit exciting to watch. You know, he really uh, keeps you on your toes and makes uh, big plays. But, unfortunately... I feel like he hurts his team more than he helps his team in that regard. So, um, yeah, there's a lot more to be desired from Taysom Hill. Um, Cowboys offense, though, I don't think it's near as dominant as what it was at the beginning of the year. Or, you know, and the Cowboys offense was very, very dominant at the beginning of the year. But I feel like they pulled back so much to where it's almost going to be a problem to where why I think they might lose a playoff game after I have said in a couple podcasts that the Cowboys would be the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, they're definitely the Cowboys don't look near as strong as they did. I'm uh, an interesting point that was brought up was that Zeke and Pollard now are both kind of banged up. Um, and then you had that game without Amari Cooper. And I think a lot of people had come to the consensus that Dak was, you know, one of the elite quarterbacks of the league. And it's starting to look like he may be more in that um, spot that we thought he was, which is when he he's, I forget what they said his record was, but it's drastically different. If he has, if the team has a hundred yards rushing collectively he his win record is crazy when they don't it's the exact opposite and when amari cooper's there he has a much better record and when amari cooper's not there it's very different and so i think a lot of us had kind of maybe come around we thought that dak was you know especially his rookie year it was like here's a game manager who if he has all the all stars around him will succeed um, and we thought he'd made that jump to being an elite quarterback. And now it's starting to look like maybe he's not as much of that as we thought he was. I still think he's very good. Um, but when, but when his running backs aren't healthy or when Amari Cooper's not there, he seems to be going back to kind of the more average play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh it, it's tough because, you know, I feel like, you know, elite is kind of subjective uh, for a lot of people because it's like I feel like some people can use the term elite loosely and some people might be a little uptight about it to determine who's elite and who's not. And I feel like I lean more towards the uptight side of it. I never really thought Dak was an elite quarterback. Um, I think he's good. And I think what probably makes him a top 10 quarterback is his leadership and his smart decision-making. 
but when it comes to elite talent, I just ne I just never saw him. I just I that right there prevents him from being a top five candidate. And I feel like for me, being elite is, you know, you have to at least be seven or above, and even seven's kind of pushing it. Hmm. Okay. Um. The Colts took care of business against the Texans, thirty-one-zero. Yeah, not gonna lie, I almost put a wager on the exact score of this game. You know, like Fanduel has this property; it's like predict the exact score. I was actually predicting a shutout. I I almost put money on what was it? It was thirty-one nothing. Yeah, right. I almost put one on thirty-four nothing. And so I was um like obviously I would have lost a bet either way, but like I'm like, oh my goodness. If I would have put like a hundred dollars on like all these one all these different scenarios with a shutout, I could have gotten me some bank, you know. But you know, it's it is what it is. Um I didn't do it because uh, I thought better of myself, but you know the the, the Colts defense they've they've probably been the most improved part of the team this year. Uh, there was a lot of concerns with how they play. Their secondary still isn't great, but they've been if they have all of their guys, they're somewhat manageable. Um, and uh, the, the defensive line has been great stopping the run. I'd like a little bit more pressure on the quarterback, but with the worries the Colts defense had to start the year. I think they've really progressed and became really good this year. Um, I'll say, yeah, for me, it's tough because it's like you played the Texans. So for me, it's like how impressive is a shutout against the Texans? Like, yes, a shutout's impressive, but it's the Texans. And so the, well, let me ask you this. How many teams have shut out the Texans this year? I don't think any, but that's exactly. not necessarily the point. I, I'm saying it's impressive to have a shutout. It's not impressive that it's against the, like, it's, it's. Like, I, I get it. It's not as impressive as when the Colts shut out the Cowboys like four years ago. Yeah. That, you know, it's like, well, the Texans, like the Texans were due to have a game where they didn't score a point. Like they've been very bad this year. Mm -hmm. um, and so. And I'm not even talking so much about the shutout as much as when you say the Colts defense has vastly improved. I'm like, okay, well, you played the Texans and you looked really good. So, so does, you know, 30 or 28 other teams in this league. Well, I mean, um, the Colts defense does lead the league in turnovers. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> I think, I think that. They are improved from the beginning of the year. I'm still, it still concerns me. They're secondary and such, especially against teams like Tampa Bay and against teams like um, uh, uh, Tennessee, who we had problems with. Tampa Bay, um, the you know the upper echelon of the of teams that would be playoff teams that we'd have to play. Um, I think uh, for most of this year, aside from Oh, what was the one? We had a couple weeks, a few weeks ago, I guess. 
Who do we beat right before Tampa Bay? Oh, shoot. Who was it? Buffalo. Yeah, aside from Buffalo, we really haven't beaten any good teams this year. We beat up on a lot of bad teams, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, so that's where my concern is, is, when you get into that status of team that's actually considered a good team, um, where where are we going to fall? Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought the Texans win was good for, um, especially going into a bye week. It's good to get some, especially after the Tampa Bay loss, that was horrendous, um, Mm -hmm. to get some good momentum going into the bye week, um, and getting ready to come out of the bye week and have a couple tough games. Um, I think that's good. I'm just still, this team is, I'm interested to see how we play against good teams because we've played well against bad teams and we've played well against one good team, but we, all of our losses have come against some of the better teams. Um, honestly, we're, what are we seven and six? We should probably be 10 and six. Cause there are three games that we either were up and we blew it or we, you know, should have won it or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. um, or 10 and not 10 and six, it'd be 10 and three. Um, yeah. but, uh, so I need to see a little more consistency week to week before I feel confident in saying like, Oh, I think this is much improved. We're one of the better teams out there. Um, I think we can be one of the better teams out there. Um, it's a matter of if we're able to uh, do that um, from a player and coach execution perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um you brought up this, uh, you brought up, you know, the Tampa Bay game and the defense and whatnot. I, I mean, the defense lost us that Baltimore Ravens game. Yeah. Well, the defense, the defense and the kicker. However, I do not blame the defense for the Tampa Bay game. I've, I put that on the offense, uh, uh, four turnovers. And there was even a big defensive stop when Hines fumbled the ball and we were down four. And we need, and once when we got a huge def- defensive stop to only keep it a seven point game, uh, gave us a chance to go down and tie it. Um, you know, it's just, I, I felt like the defense was, the defense played pretty well in that game. The offense, you know, the defense could only take so much because, you know, they're not great, but I thought they had a okay, good slash good performance against Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lions got their first win that 29-27 against the Vikings at the last second yeah I, I saw that game uh, it, it was really I don't know it, there was um, you know some things just happen in the NFL that um, you, you kind of have this mojo in the air type thing where it's like, you know, it's going to happen. And so, you know, there was an incident, uh, in Michigan where, um, uh, you know, something happened at a school and people were uh, killed and whatnot. Um, and so, uh, before the game, they took a, you know, they're in Michigan, the, the, the game's in Detroit. They take a moment to honor, 
uh, all the victims who were uh, killed in the incident. And, uh, and so it, it, it was just kind of, kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know, if you're from Michigan, if you're the team that's kind of representing the state in that, uh, uh, in that situation, you kind of find a way to win that game. It doesn't really matter how bad you are. Uh, and I only saw the last drive a little bit, but Jared Goff looked as good as he's ever looked on that final drive. Mm. Um, I guess before I continue, I have a question. Um, what was that? Why are you in the dark? See, I have a sensor on my light. Uh, because, you know, I, my dad's an electrician and uh, I had a bad habit of leaving my light on when I was a kid. So um, if I don't move a whole lot in my room, the light turns off. Um, Did you move a little bit? <laughs> no, it doesn't turn on that way. I have to go and push a button to turn it back on. Could you go and push a button? <laughs> What what is it? What is this? <laughs> it's just it's it's weird for me. I'm just looking at a, at the dark. <laughs> Here, let me let me turn this on. Is that better? That's yeah, it's a little better. Here, uh, hold on a second. Uh, let me see if I can tell Google to turn on one of my lights. I wonder. If... This is where we are. The in in our technology, we just say, "Well, let me tell Google to do this." I could get up and push a button, but let me just tell Google. Never mind, my my lamp's not plugged in. It I have appears like that Google is not listening. <laughs> no, it, it's not. It's not Google. It's my lamp, uh, where I conveniently also have my chargers at. So it's like I keep unplugging and plugging them back in. It's like it's a headache. I would fix it, but I'm moving into an apartment here soon. So it's like, I don't want to deal with it right now. <laughs> um, let's see. Dolphins beat the Giants 20 to nine. That's kind of a boring, not, not much there. Um, yeah. Although the Dolphins are playing better. I will say that. The Dolphins they're, have they're been playing of, better here of late. Flying um, under the radar here a little bit. Buccaneers beat the Falcons 30 to 17. I don't know what it is. But for some reason, the Falcons played Tampa Bay tough for about three solid quarters before yeah. the fall part. <laughs> uh, both games have been pretty close through three quarters, and then Bucks just pull away at the end. Yeah. But I mean, um, give Atlanta for credit. At least they fight, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, the Eagles beat the Jets 33-18. to 18. The Eagles are pretty decent, Ben. You were pretty wrong on that. They beat the Jets. I know, but the record-wise. What's their record? They are... I mean, sure. I, I mean... I, I mean, you said they, they would be, be like 1-15. in 15. Uh, I don't think one of uh, I I think I was more gracious. Maybe two, three. <laughs> Bottom of the league. I, oh, okay, six and seven. Well, okay, so I was wrong about that. They might make the playoffs. No, nah, I think the NFC is too crowded. 
No, right now, right now Washington's six and seven, and they're in the playoffs. Well, I think Washington's better than Philly. I'm just saying, if Washington loses <laughs> here and Eagles win, the Eagles would be better than them, and they would have the last slot. <laughs> No, I refuse to believe the Eagles are making the playoffs. It's just I, not going to. I didn't. I didn't say I think they would. I'm just saying they could. They are in position to do do so. They are one of I think. What is it? Four or five teams that are six and seven trying to get that last spot in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I I put money on Seattle to get it before uh, the Eagles. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Eagles are so dysfunctional. I don't know how they're winning. <laughs> it, 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 it's like the eighth wonder in the world. Like, how is this happening? <laughs> because some of their losses are pretty ugly, if you ask me. Like, and some no. of their wins, I think they got their butts kicked by the Raiders. Like, it wasn't even close, like 37 to like six or something like that. It was horrendous. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, they have some bad losses on their record. But they have some good wins. I can't, I can't argue that. I, I don't know. I can't figure them out. Um, the Cardinals beat the Bears 33-22. I got the hiccups, and I don't know why. But um, they – uh. The Cardinals, I think, are perfect on the road this year. They've lost all their games at home. Or I guess all the games they've lost have been lost at home. Uh, I mean, nothing really too much to take away here. I mean, the, Card- the Cardinals are a good team. Uh, Bears, they're not a good team. So, <laughs> not too much to take away. Uh, that that probably meant, would have been one of the easier bets of the year. Yeah. Because I think the line was like under 10 and it's like that it line no, yeah, yeah, that line had no business being under 10. Yeah. Like, um, I don't care if Colt McGoy was getting the start. Colt McGoy beat San Francisco. Like <laughs> or shoot, he beat he went into Seattle and won for crying out loud. Yeah, he won a couple games. Um the Chargers uh, beat the Bengals 41-22. That one was a weird one. They were up 20. Oh, my gosh. They were up 24 nothing, and then it was 24-22, and then it was 41-22. <laughs> yeah, I mean – I had bet the Bengals. <laughs> I, I felt pretty stupid. Uh, I, re- I remember actually cashing out on that and then seeing the score back to 22 to 24. I'm like, I'm the biggest idiot. Yep. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I did what I did. <laughs> well, I had the Chargers, so. Yippee for you. <laughs> uh, Rams beat the Jaguars 37-7. I had that. I actually went back and listened to the podcast. I had the Rams as well. Oh. I, 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 I went back and forth on the game, but I all in all, at the very end, I said, this is a perfect way for the Rams to get back on track is to beat up on a lesser team 
give me the Rams. I went back and listened. So because like because I bet on the Rams, and then you're like, well, on the podcast you bet the Jags. I'm like, well, <laughs> screw, <laughs> just screw that. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I just remember. So I must have remembered you going back and forth on it because here's I had the Colts minus ten, which they won thirty one nothing. That was the easiest bet ever. Um. Mm-hmm. It was Which a really easy. It was a really easy week. You had the Colts minus ten against the Texans. You had the Cardinals seven and a half with the Bears. Oh my gosh, with the Bears, you had the Rams minus thirteen with the Jags, which you were going back and forth on. I was like, I'm pretty sure the Rams are going to like whack them. And the and then I had the Chargers plus three, which you know wasn't as obvious, but worked out. Yeah. Um, I, I think as a week on the whole, I think, I, oh my gosh, I think I told you um, that uh, if I would have picked every every spread with leans and all on Sunday, I think I would have missed one game. Yeah, and that's that's not bad. Yeah, because I had – so I had Colts, and then I would have picked Lions because it was seven, and I didn't trust the Vikings. I uh, would have – I leaned Dolphins at six. I leaned Bucks at ten and a half. Uh, Eagles was easy. They're playing the Jets. Never take the Jets. Um, it, the the Car- Cardinals, Chargers – Rams, um, I believe. So I think I didn't have a lean for this one. Washington and the Raiders, Washington beat them 17 15. I, I had no idea what was going to happen in that game. I wasn't taking it. I think on the podcast, you get you went Raiders. Yeah. If I remember correctly, because you weren't buying in the Washington hype. That's probably true. So maybe I missed two then because I, I had the Steelers and they ended up beating the Ravens 2019 with the controversial John Harbaugh call at the end to go for two instead of go to overtime. I'm sure we'll talk about that. What? I said, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah, that's what I was opening it up. What did you think of that? Oh, I thought you were still going through the other games. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so I missed the 49ers. They lost to the Seahawks, and then I got the Chiefs right. But, okay. but yeah, what would you make of the hardball? Uh, I don't mind it as much. Uh, you know, obviously, I wanted them to uh, – I wanted them to kick the PAT. That way they could score a touchdown in overtime and cover the spread. But, you know, from a non-biased perspective, I don't mind going for two there. Baltimore was completely beat up. Uh, you know, it's not like they were going to get heckled by their home crowd. Um, you know, I I just I just think that's the situation where, you know, points were at a premium in that game, and there you are two and a half yards away from winning a game. Two and a half inches away from winning a game. Pretty much because he, I mean, the, the play was there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't mind it, you know. It's, it's not like they purposely lost the game. Like, 
they took a shot. It didn't pan out. You know, it, you know, if Tucker missed the PAT, you know, it's like, oh, well, maybe you should have just gone for two. It's like, yeah. I mean, the way the, way the Steelers were playing in that game, I'm not sure Baltimore could have won that game. It seemed like all the momentum was in Pittsburgh's failure, favor. Baltimore yeah, just had one that. good drive at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, Seahawks beat the Niners thirty to twenty-three. That one was also weird. Like the 49ers were up what ten? I think they. Were I thought up. it was weird that the Seahawks. Seahawks put up 30 because the week before it looked like they couldn't move the ball at all. Yeah. The, the Niners were actually playing them pretty good. Um, uh, and then I can't remember what happened because I only saw bits and pieces of the game. But I remember they got a safety to tie the game because it was like 20 to 18, I believe. And then they got a safety and like all the momentum went in Seattle's favor. I think they scored a touchdown on the next drive. The 49ers couldn't do anything. Then they kicked a field goal to put it out of reach. But it felt like the 49ers were, you know, coming out as everyone expected them to do was come out and win a game. And they just kind of collapsed there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Chiefs Broncos. That game was never close. I, I think it was twenty-two to three, and the Broncos just got a late touchdown to make it twenty-two nine. Um, yeah, the Broncos. I will say this: the Chiefs defense has come out of nowhere and has been very excellent. Like the Broncos offense could not do anything. Like, yeah. I think, I think part of part of that though is um, the Chiefs' defense. They had like five starters that weren't healthy at the beginning of the year, um, and they got them all back. And then you throw in like Chris Jones is now playing where he normally plays at defensive tackle. They had him; they were having him play defensive end, um, and now they've moved him back, and so they got kind of healthy and ever since they've been way better than how they started the year. Yeah. I mean, I still think their offense isn't near as explosive as it used to be, but it is. I think it's now to a point where it's sustainable. And if you have a great, if you have the defense like the chiefs have right now, and then you have a sustainable offense where you can move the ball down the field and score. I mean, that's as good as any other team. Mm-hmm. And then we had a historical game on Monday night. It was the Patriots and the Bills. Guarantee. I, here's, I was on the right side. The Patriots won 14 <laughs> to 10. Um, they threw the ball three times. Um. I I will I will say this. I was on the right side of this. The game was poorly managed by Buffalo. Um 
like the fact that Buffalo only had 10 points is atrocious. Um, the only, I mean, like, I, I feel, I don't know about you. I thought Buffalo's defense played very well. Um, I mean, they gave up one touchdown and two field goals. Um, and the one touchdown, like the one touchdown was bad. It was opening drive and they just gave up a monster run. Um, mm-hmm. that should never have happened. It was horrible. Um, but the Buffalo offense, I, it was like, they were lost out there. Like <laughs> I thought Allen was actually throwing it pretty well. His receivers were dropping a lot of balls. Um, once they got, they were down in the red zone a couple of times. I didn't understand why they weren't just running it with Josh Allen. Um, they kept, you know, you know, they kept trying to throw it. I was like, you should just be running it with Josh Allen and trying to have him stop him. Cause he's, cause obviously the throws aren't as effective and he's what, six, six, two thirty. Like he's bigger. <laughs> like he can just bowl into the end zone. And in that game, like, if they have 17, they win. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I feel like Buffalo is still the better team. I just couldn't figure out why their offense was so bad, um, especially in the red zone. Cause it seemed like, even though like the receivers were dropping and stuff, they, um, uh, they were able to drive down the field and then they get to the red zone and then, um, they'd lock up and not be able to do anything. And then, you know, missed field goal here and there. Um, but um, I stand by my pick of the bills. Um, that was a very frustrating game to watch because it was, it was just, it made no sense why the Patriots would ever win that game. They should not have won that game. I mean, I, I, I disagree with you there. Um <laughs> I thought, from what I saw in the game, like, it it was a game where it didn't favor Buffalo at all. You know, yeah, Josh Allen, you know, threw the ball well, but just because, you know, you're able to get that ball out, um, okay, the wind played such a factor that you really couldn't throw the ball. And if you did, you would have had to throw... Uh, Allen has a... Mi- has a huge fastball. Okay. He can fire some of those passes in there. And I know, you know, give or take, you've, you know, believe it's a receiver's responsibility to make the catch, don't matter how hard the ball's coming in. But, you know, if you're going to throw a fastball in there, it's going to more than likely to be dropped. Um, and let's be honest, the Bills cannot run the ball. It's huge. It's probably the reason why they lost the game. They can't run the ball in a game where throwing the ball is not going to be near as effective. I will say it is weird that the team in Buffalo who plays in Buffalo, like, doesn't know how to run the ball. Like, because that's a stadium. That's like one of the top five stadiums where you're going to have conditions that require you to be able to run the ball. Like, do you remember Josh Allen's handoff to Singletary? Which one? But when Singletary just tried to like grab the ball instead of like, oh you know, yeah, the hand, like 
what what was that like i don't i don't get it it i just like the bills were absolutely out coached um you know i think the patriots had the better defense um i don't think the bills you know i think you're right the bills defense didn't play bad but i don't think they played all that great because the patriots were running like the fact that the patriots only threw three passes and had three drives that resulted in scores. You know, you know, say it's a field goal, say it's not. I mean, they still ran the ball and they couldn't do anything to stop it over 200 yards rushing. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the thing that was frustrating to watch. I was like, you know what they're doing. Just stop them. Which I know like we were talking like broadcast was talking all this stuff about this is going to be the biggest setup ever for that play action. And you kept waiting on that play action and they never ran the play action. They just kept handing it off. And I don't, I think, I think this is like, okay, I'm going to probably get some flack for this, but I, Jamar Chase is rookie of the year. Okay. Or offensive rookie of the year. Because Mac Jones can't be. Because clearly he is not. I mean, it's not like this is the first game to ever be played in the wind. Like, I don't understand, like, to never put it in your quarterback's hands to be in a position. Like, I just, the game plan confused me. The run, I just, I don't. I don't know. It was it was just a frustrating game to watch. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, I'm not going to say Mac Jones can't. I do like my uh, I do like Jamar Chase being Rookie of the Year, but Jamar Chase, you know, if you have him in fantasy, he's been kind of frustrating you over the last couple of weeks because he hasn't been putting up the numbers he had at the beginning of the year. Um, but anyways. Uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, but you know, Mac Jones, Mac Jones is a game manager, uh, game manager, and so um, when it comes to like, you know, him being able to throw in these extra windy conditions, you know, he doesn't have the arm strength of Josh Allen. That's just. You know, everyone knew Josh Allen had a freaking missile for an arm. Mac Jones doesn't. But Mac Jones... I wouldn't say a noodle. But yeah, he he can manage the game and do what he needs to do to get a win. Um, I don't think he... If he does win Rookie of the Year, it's not going to be because of his performance in Buffalo. I, I mean, to say the least... Um, I think there's, I think I, I, I'll go with you on this one. I think Jamar Chase should be rookie of the year. I don't think I'll go a hundred percent with you that it can't be Mac Jones. I still think there's a little bit. I mean, it's a little hyperbole by me, but I'm just saying if, if I'm, if, if your quarterback, if you have a game where your plan is, we hope our quarterback doesn't throw it once then he can't be rookie of the year. <laughs> well, you know, 
he, here's my kind of thing. Like, you know, maybe I give Bill Belichick too much credit, but like, I feel like his plan was, I'm going to run it and dare you to stop me. And once you finally stop me, then I might start throwing it. And that's the thing. The Bills didn't really stop him. In fact, no, there was that was, that was the frustrating thing. It was like, you know what they're doing. Just stop. And, and, and then what was even funnier was that there were times where Bill Belichick literally mocking the Bills and saying, you know what? I'm going to continue. You know, even though you're probably going to stop me on this third and nine, I'm still going to run it and rely on my defense to get the stop because your offense hasn't been able to do anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the strategy. I think that's more coaching than anything. I don't think it's a disservice to Mac Jones because if Mac Jones was truly that bad, they probably would have kept Cam Newton. I don't know. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. Cam Newton has not been great. But I don't think Cam Newton was horrendous when he was the Patriot. I don't know. I'm just getting annoyed with it, it, the the talk around Mac Jones is becoming heavily familiar to the talk that was around Tom Brady, and I'm just getting pre annoyed with it. <laughs> uh, well, I I like it because it's proving that Brady is you know what I have always argued him to be. Well, no, no, I get that. I'm like. This is, it's definitely, it's a good look for Belichick, especially when everyone was saying, well, obviously Brady won. Well, Brady got to pan pick what roster he got. Bill got stuck with what he had. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I mean, I mean, every Colts fan will tell you, yeah, if Peyton Manning was a Bronco for his entire career, he probably would have had a lot more Super Bowls. We acknowledge that. Like, I I don't know if you, I don't know if you, I don't know about Bronco, but just if, if, if Peyton Manning was on a team like Tom Brady had, where the defenses were great, <laughs> then mm-hmm. he probably has a lot more Super Bowls. Yeah, because like as soon as Peyton Manning got to Denver, he was smashing records. It was like vintage Peyton Manning when he was in the end of his career. Like, yeah. Like Peyton Manning was not in his prime in Denver, yet statistically he had his best seasons as a Bronco. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that, what, that, like, that, all that's my argument. The, all those years with the Colts, there was like, you know, one, maybe two years where the defense was like a great, great defense. And we weren't just Super relying on the offense to score a ton of points every week. Super Bowl year. Yeah, that's what I well, that's what I that's that's what I meant. That's what I was yeah. going. And and honestly, Super Bowl 42, not 42, 44 when we lost to the Saints, our defense wasn't even that great. It was the offense scoring a whole bunch of points. Yeah. And we ran into a team that, you know, scored more. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like he, all those he spent what 12 years in Indy? And mm-hmm. uh, had one, maybe two defenses that really were championship defenses. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the 2006 defense was not good until the playoffs. Yeah. When they were, when they were, when they got to the playoffs, they were shut down. But 
that defense in 2006, it, well, Bob, it was not good. Bob Sanders came back right before the playoffs, and they got better. I mean, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I say overall the defense stepped it up as well. Because yeah. like they were la- they were last in the league in stopping the run, and I know safeties do get involved in stopping the run, but I don't think he makes that big of a difference from defensive linemen making well you know, the leadership. I mean, yeah, I mean it it stinks because I you know I didn't really start getting into football until about the year after the Colts won the Super Bowl, and that was when Bob Sanders is always hurt, so I never really. Well, he Got was always you. hurt before then, too. He just happened to be healthy for that playoff run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, when he was, like, a defensive player of the year, I never got to experience that because I couldn't have cared less at that point in time in my life. Mm. Um, so I never really got to experience, okay, what does Bob Sanders really mean to this defense? Is he just, like, a really good player like Jamal Adams? Or, you know, is there, like, a Troy Palomalo esque to where the team rallies around him? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that was just my question. So that's week 13. Week 14, we had a few headlines. Um, <laughs> well, I guess just one before the games. Uh, Demarius Thomas, uh, uh, at the age of 33, was found in his home. He had died. Uh, he had a um conditions he had a car wreck about a year ago and has been having seizures ever since and they believe what happened was he was at home alone um and had a seizure and i think they said something he may have been in the shower or something but um uh but he passed away uh this past week um he had just officially retired from the nfl back in july um and uh, it's just been, it's one of those things it, it's similar to the, when you got the Kobe news, you were like, that's not real. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you find out, wait, actually. Um, and so it just really, really sad, um, set of what happened here. Yeah. You know, you know, if it feels like it was forever ago when, you know, him and Peyton Manning were like destroying these records. And, you know, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, that was kind of tragic. And then you think on it for a second, like the guy's 33 years old. He retired last year. And, you know, he just won a Super Bowl, what, four or five years ago? Yeah. It, it really just you're really just like taken back by that and it's like wow and then it's like you know he he's in he's so integrated in denver's like history you know from the tim tebow touchdown you know that was demarius thomas and then uh all those great memories with peyton manning you know peyton manning's number one when he was in denver um yeah it was it it didn't quite sink in, you know, until I really thought about it. I'm like, dang, that's, that's tough. Um, but yeah, it was, 
it was hard, and it was good to see, you know, all the tributes to him. The Broncos paid great tribute to him um, in multiple ways. Peyton Manning being there, a video, sideline numbers, the 10, 10 guys on the field uh, to take a delay game. Um, you know, and Von Miller, he even wore a 88 sticker on the back of his helmet uh, for the Monday night game uh, in memory of Thomas. And, you know, there's just, just, uh, just hard for the league. I mean, it didn't really mean much to anyone else, but, you know, I wore my, uh, my Broncos jersey, which I haven't worn since they lost to Seattle. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I deemed that shirt the bad luck jersey after that game, uh, but I wore it um, just for Demarius Thomas. Uh, you know, I don't have a Demarius Thomas jersey. It's a Peyton Manning jersey, but like just, you know, out of respect for the Broncos, I was cheering for them really hard on uh, on Sunday. And boy, that that was just another situation where it's like, okay, you know, everyone knows the Broncos are going to dominate this game. Yeah, their uh, their last drive for a touchdown was 88 yards. That's the coolest thing ever. You know, those things just those things happen and it's like people want to say, you know, coincidence, you know, believe what you want, but it's like that happens way too often for it to be a coincidence. Like another and you know going to college football Michigan, you know, one of the players that was involved or one of the um, victims that was involved in the incident up in Michigan, he was a high school football player, wore number 44, I believe it was. Michigan honored him at the coin toss at the Big Ten championship game and then went on to score 44 points that night. Like, absolutely, you know, those things, those moments, they're just so cool in football, and you know, I, I don't think it's coincidence. Um, looking into the games here, let's see here. Thursday night, you had the Steelers and the Vikings, and the Vikings were up twenty-nine to nothing. Uh, Dalvin Cook ran all over the Steelers. The Steelers ended up coming back into it. They almost tied it up at the very end, but they ended up losing 36 to 28. Um, But they played about three quarters of really bad football, and then they started playing good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was not happy about this game because I initially bet the Steelers. And then after the first two drives, it was 10 to nothing, and I'm like, Steelers look dead in this game. So I cashed out on my Steelers bet and bet big on the Vikings minus nine and a half. And then from 10 to nothing, they go up to 29 to nothing. And I'm like, oh, I'm feeling so good right now. I'm feeling cloud nine. And then they let the Steelers come back. And not only that, the Steelers were a dropped pass away from initially covering the original spread that I bet them at plus three. <laughs> oh my goodness. I I probably would have had I, I probably wouldn't have slept that night. I would have just been 
beside myself. You know, it's one, it's one thing to lose a bet. It's another thing to lose a bet or to win a bet, but you cashed out on it too soon. <laughs> um, I thought it was a really good, um, I guess I didn't, I didn't see most of the game, but I thought the late performance by Big Ben was pretty good considering, you know, he's, you know, gotten a lot of criticism this year. I thought he looked the best he had all year in oh, that yeah. fourth Absolutely. quarter. Absolutely. That was one of the most gutsiest performances I've seen by Big Ben, mostly because if you watch the first three quarters, he did it wasn't like necessarily him that was playing awful, like everyone was playing bad, but he was getting murdered. Like I tweeted out um, on the run up to score thing that the Steelers probably needed to pull Big Ben not because he's playing bad, but he's just getting killed out there. Like it, 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 you know, you felt bad for him. He was getting hit, and some of these hits were, you know, you, you're surprised they're not calling roughing the passer because they hit him too hard on these sacks because he's get he's slow to get up. He looks like an old man. I'm like, they need to pull him, otherwise he's going to be on a stretcher by the end of the night. And, you know, the line started protecting for them a little bit. And they started running the ball a little bit. And then Big Ben was finally able to drop back and throw the ball and sling it and will his team for an opportunity to win that game. Um, are we going to talk about the controversy in that game? Um, I was trying to remember what was the controversy. Uh, Claypool. Oh, sure. Okay, so um, – I, I didn't know if you were going to bring it up, but uh, Chase, Claypool, about it. Chase Claypool uh, uh, catches the first down and then he does the, you know, first down signal while the clock is running with like 30 seconds left. And the Vikings should have gotten a delay, a game penalty, because while he's doing that, a Viking player hits it out of his uh, hands and the refs don't throw a delay game. However... You know, Claypool's still doing the first down insignia, which wastes like 10 to 12 seconds. And, you know, the Steelers only had, you know, the one play to the end zone after that. I don't know what you thought of it, but. Well, what did you think? Well, I don't like it. I don't like doing the first down insignia when you're in a hurry up offense. It's not smart whatsoever. Um, Last year, I retweeted this on uh, the run of the score Twitter page. Larry Fitzgerald against Seattle, he would catch a pass. And then it was a pass that got him into field goal range. And there's like 10 seconds left. And he grabs the ball and he is sprinting right to the official who's at the yard marker and hands it right to him. And they are able to get the spike off with two seconds left. And if he does a first down signia or just tosses the ball around and whatnot, they're not going to have enough time. So, you know, that's part of the growth of having a football IQ. I don't care about the celebration itself, but I just think it shows lack of a football IQ on Claypool that, you know, you're working against the time. You're down and you don't have time, you know, even if it is only a second or two that comes off the clock, if the Viking doesn't hit it away, you're still kind of being selfish in that regard to celebrate it and, you know, taking time away from your team. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue. It's not a smart play. Um, I don't think he ran off. I don't think it wasted as much time as you said because I think a big part of it was the Vikings knocking it away, and then I think the ref, like, fumbled it um, and had to go – back down and pick it up I, I think it only really cost him three to four seconds N- not to say that it like he shouldn't have done mm-hmm. it. yeah um but it wasn't like it wasn't the like 10 to 12 i think it was three to four and then other factors made it go longer um well yeah and i and I, go ahead well i'm just gonna say in this particular game i'm not super like is it like I, like I said, not smart, whatever. In this particular game, I'm not putting that in the top five of reasons why Pittsburgh lost. Like, <laughs> um, like they were down 29 nothing. Like, there are a lot of things in this game that the Steelers did wrong. Um, and so I'm not putting – if you're going, like, reasons the Steelers lost, there's going to be a few things that I mentioned well before I get to Chase Claypool doing a first down signal that cost them three seconds on the final drive. Mm -hmm. Especially because they did get a shot at the end zone. So, like, if he cost them three or four seconds, then what? They get one more shot at it? Um, The like, Like, granted, yeah, it's one more shot, but the odds, you know, are still not great from where mm-hmm. they were. I, like you said, I don't understand the official not like regardless, like should be a penalty on the Vikings of delay a game and whatnot. And that would have also stopped the clock because you have a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I, I mean, I think everyone was kill, killing Claypool. I thought he was far from the, you know, main reason why i mean everyone was killing him like they lost the game because claypool and i was like well they were down 29 nothing and claypool didn't do that like they dug themselves into like at that point like if you lose the game like the reason you lost is because you dug yourself in too deep of a hole that you couldn't get out of yeah that is 100 percent fair and i do agree with you um I guess an argument, um, my to be fair kind of argument, you know, there's a difference between being outplayed and just bad football and poor football IQ and lack of football intelligence. And I think that's what makes everyone the most frustrated is that they had a chance to get back in the game and not because of poor play, but just poor football IQ poor knowledge of what's at stake, you know, costing them what could have been another play. Um, and I think if, if you ask me, part of the reason why the refs don't throw that flag is probably because, you know, Claypool is just kind of fooling around himself. You know, he's doing the first down celebration. Vikings just hit it away. And now I'm not saying that warrants a no flag, but I'm saying like the refs are just, they're trying to get the ball back, and you know if Claypool's doing a celebration, you know Vikings. I mean, I mean, is it fair? No, but at the same time, you know sometimes that's just how life works, and you know 
if you do the quote unquote Larry Fitzgerald thing of spotting the ball and spiking it, yes, you do save that time and you don't have the Vikings slapping it away. Because of the if the ref spots it and the Vikings slap it away, that is a penalty every single time. Like that, that's the no question penalty. Because once the ref spots it, it's like it's it's where it's at. Yeah, I mean, I still now, think... Now, was, was it the reason they lost? No, I will give you that. That is not the reason why they lost. But I find it, you know, really, really dumb that they did that. And I could see why people are frustrated with it. Yeah. Because nothing frustrates anyone more than incompetence. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I get very Just frustrated it. with Ben all the time. Um, <laughs> um the the Saints walloped the Jets thirty to nine. So apparently Taysom Hill played better in his second start. Um, well, Kamara was back. Oh, okay. Um, he was a little bit better. Still had pretty good fantasy football numbers. But I mean, again, Taysom Hill, Kamara was back against the Jets. That was one of the easiest lines all year. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so they um, so they had three running backs instead of two. Got it. Hey, Wildcat's back. Wildcat's back. Mm-hmm. Wildcat is back. <laughs> the Falcons beat the Panthers twenty-nine to twenty-one. I don't know why, but I did pick the Falcons, and I'm glad for it. That's all I gotta say. You are an uh, idiot, I would say. I'm an idiot? Yeah, because only an idiot would have taken that game at all. Well, here, well. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's like, it's like the, on Hammer Down, they're like, Falcons, Panthers, if you take that game, you're a, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, 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 you, you want to know why I took that game? Why? I, I took that game because... I no longer believe in Cam Newton because in his hype game opening day star return to Carolina, he lost that game and he has regressed ever since because he doesn't have the same hype coming out of the tunnel as he did that first game. And so my thought is, you know what? I think the Falcons just come in and win. That's just my thoughts. Okay. Um, yeah, the Seahawks and the Texans. Seahawks 33-13. This one I took Seattle because there's no way I'm taking the Texans. Although, Texans quarterback, uh, it wasn't Taylor. It was uh, Mills. Mills threw for 400 yards in a losing effort. He threw for 400 yards and got 13 points. Yes. Um, the Chiefs and the Raiders. This was a pretty boring one. Chiefs forty-eight to nine. Yeah, that might be the only time where I submit I am one hundred percent wrong to Bo. Bo tried telling me that it would be the Chiefs, and I just I said, you know what? I think nine is too much. Really, nine was not enough. Nine was not close. Thirty-nine would have been not enough. <laughs> I knew I was in trouble 
on the opening possession when there was a fumble return for a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> but I tried to first play him. first play of the game. Josh Jacobs just throws the ball out. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? You know, I, I tried convincing myself, you know what? I think, but here's the thing. Here's the thing though. I was misinformed. Oh, okay. I was misinformed. I didn't know about the lap, the victory lap last year around the chief stadium. How did you not know about the victory lap last year? Because I don't care about drama. I watch games from kickoff to end from kickoff to uh, the final kneel down. I don't care about the drama afterwards. And then I also didn't know they went onto the Chiefs logo and did their hype dance on it. Yeah. Which, so if Junior so, Smith Schuster's taught us anything last year, it's that you don't do that. So, so you had the you had the you had the bus thing, and everyone went, okay, well, keep that in mind. Then, as soon as it turned one o'clock, and you saw them showing Yannick and Gakwe leading the Raiders onto the Chiefs logo to do their thing, you went. Easiest bet ever. <laughs> like Bo, that, Bo, that's when you help a friend out and say, do you still think the Chiefs aren't going to cover after this? Maybe you should consider <laughs> cashing out. Like, did you hear what right the Chiefs now. did? You hear what the Chiefs did at the end of the game, though? Uh, wheels on the bus go around and around? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I did hear that. I, I think I saw that on Facebook. No, I saw it on TikTok. TikTok probably keeps me the most informed about NFL drama. Okay. Um, Browns and Ravens. The Browns was the right side to be on, but the Ravens covered. <laughs> it was, Browns got up 24 nothing, and then the final score was 24-22. I think I had the Ravens. And I, I think, think I, I probably was, took the Ravens too, but I think the Browns would have been the right side to be on. Oh, the Browns, the Browns, it's like one of those games where it's like, okay, I took the Ravens. The Browns are most definitely the right side, and I'm lucky to have money right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember I was freaking out. I was like, Baltimore. <laughs> Cause I thought I thought that was another game I was gonna miss. Cause I did not my Monday, my one o'clock start ended up being pretty good but it could have been a lot worse not gonna lie with some of those games um let me see here um who is gonna win the afc north it seems like everyone just wants to lose it believe it or not as inconsistent as this team is, I feel like they're kind of in the driver's seat. And that's the Bengals. Like, well, see, you bring that up on Hammer Down, they were talking about this. Yeah, they, I heard. The Bengals what? right now are plus 230 to win that division. Mm-hmm. Well, because they're in third place. But it's like, I don't see the Browns winning it. And I feel Browns like are plus 210. And I feel like the Ravens are collapsing. They're plus 135. It's like, I don't feel like the Bengals are collapsing. And the Steelers Steelers are plus 1,500, and they're only like two games back. (laughs) And everyone's starting to play each other in these last couple weeks. I don't don't think it's going to be the Steelers. Um, 
But on I a long don't. shot, you might sprinkle it. I mean, yeah, I mean. I mean, it's a dollar to win 15. <laughs> I, I mean, or, or whatever you consider sprinkling. <laughs> a couple grand. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, th- it's a thousand to win 15,000. <laughs> Don't give me ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I, yeah, I would say the Bengals have a very good shot of winning that division. Yeah. It, it feels like they're in cruise control. If they could just, you know, play consistent, which they haven't been able to do all year. Um, what is the Titans record? Uh, eight and four, nine and four, nine and four. Because the Colts are plus thirteen hundred to win their division. Hey Ben, do you want to win five dollars? Uh, that's kind of like petty cash, but okay. <laughs> well, I don't know how much. I guess. Do you want to win fifty dollars? Keep talking. Do you want to win? Um, let's see. Oh, let's see. Do you want to win $250? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Okay, so if you take the Packers to win their division and you bet $50,000, you can win $250. <laughs> You know what? I'm done doing bets like that because I tried doing that on an NBA game. I don't know if I told you the story where a team was up 20 points. And I bet them to win the game by three, and I put about an X amount that would have won me a smaller Y amount. But I'm like, you know what? They're up 20, and all they need to do is win by three. And they ended up losing that game. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? That was a lot of money. To not win that much money. So no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. So quit asking. <laughs> if you if you bet ten dollars, you can win a nickel. <laughs> um oh here's here's even better. So if you um want to bet the bucks to win their division. If you bet fifty thousand dollars, you'll win one hundred and sixty-six. No. Um. The Colts are plus thirteen hundred to win the South. As to be expected, Tennessee. Tennessee did what the Colts didn't, and that was show up to their tough games. Yeah. Now, Tennessee um, still lost to Houston, so. That's true. Um, let's see. What other games are we at? Cowboys beat Washington 27-20. That one, that one was a tease. If there were, ever was a tease, like – I thought I had already lost that one. I was already counting that one as a loss because I had him at six and a half. 
And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Washington making this interesting. It's a four. It's a thirteen point game. Dallas has the ball, and there's a pick six. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, oh my goodness, we're gonna cover. All we have to do is have the defense hold. And he missed the PAT. <laughs> that oh. I missed it by half a point. Are you kidding me? Oh, that was such a tease. It hurt. I'm not going to lie. I had a good day on Sunday. I I should appreciate it. But it was such a tease. I'm over it. I'm over it. The Titans beat the Jaguars 20 to nothing. Easiest game of the week. I don't know. That had no business. The line was at eight and a half, I think. Yeah. Like what what are we doing here? Come on. Um the Broncos beat the Lions 38 to 10. The Chargers beat the Giants 37 to 21. Um that one also not as big of a tease, but it also teased me. I had the Giants at nine and a half. It was the uh, uh it was a 19-point game. The Giants kick a field goal and recovered the onside kick, which there was four of them this week. They recovered the onside kick. And it's like, they get a touchdown and a two-point conversion because they'll probably go for two. I cover this. Unfortunately, that did not happen. It wasn't as big of a deal, but still. Um, the 49ers beat the Bengals in overtime. You talk about killing yourself a heart attack. I had the 49ers in that one, and I thought it was as secure as it was 20 to 6. And all of a sudden, what in the world? I mean, I mean, I, I, I can expect the Bengals to come back. I mean, they do have uh good weapons and whatnot, but still, why are they doing it now? But well, and then you had the Bengals got actually got the went to overtime 20 to 20. The Bengals went up 23-20, and then the Niners drove down, got the touchdown to win. Yeah. I think I got that game in two and a half, and I am so glad. The George Kittle, I think he had 13 for 150 and a touchdown, which they said um it's his fourth game where he's had 150 yards and a touchdown which is the most ever by a tight end. Yes. It was tied with uh, Shannon Sharp at three. <laughs> Suck it, Gronk. Um, the Bills and the Bucks. The Buccaneers won in overtime, 33-27. Another weird game. Now, this the one first, I cashed it. The, the, first, the, the, the first half, the Bucks. it was 24-3 Bucks. The second half, the Bills went 24-3, and so it was 27-27 going to overtime. And and then the and then the Bills just let the Bucks uh have a touchdown. Well, well the the Bills got the ball. They went 3 and out. And then they let the Bucks have a touchdown. That one and everyone and everyone immediately goes, that's why you want Tom Brady on your team. I'm like, well, Tom Brady didn't get the yards after the catch. He was setting him up for a field goal. Yeah, well, I mean, I, in my perspective, I had the Bills at three and a half, plus three and a half. 
And at the time, I I had cashed out at like I think it was either ten three or seventeen to three because I felt like this game was going to be a blowout. It did not feel like the Bills showed up to play. Well, they showed up in the second half, and then the game went to overtime. I'm like, yep, this is it. This is when, uh, you know, I regret my cash out. I don't know why I've all, you know, I used to be a ride or die kind of a guy, <laughs> and now I'm starting to cash out on some of these, and I just, I don't get it. And then they get the touchdown, and I'm like, you know what? I feel better about myself, mostly because I cashed out and got what I could, and I would have lost either way. So, could have gotten a lot more going to overtime, though. Fair. Um, Bears Packers, and a surprising twist. This was the highest scoring game of the week, I believe. Um, when many believe, you know, we're used to seeing Packers Bears be one of the lower scoring games of the week. Um, if forty-five to thirty, the Packers. Um, well, the Bears. Stop doing that with your mouth. Um, the Bears. Um surprisingly went into halftime up 27 23 um and then it was quickly 45 27 in the second half um and then the bears got a field goal at the very end they did get the onside kick but nothing came of it um and the packers won 45 to 30 Devonte adams had a slow start but then had once a little before halftime he got hit with a deep shot and he'd pretty much dominated the rest of the game. The Packers were very, very good. I would say right now, you talked about how he thought the Cowboys. I would say in the NFC, the Packers are the team to beat right now. I would agree with you. Um, the Packers, it, I, I just, I don't trust their special teams. I will say their special teams was atrocious against Chicago. They allowed big kick returns. They allowed a huge punt return. And let's be honest, Mason Crosby's not good. Not good anymore. I mean, he used to be good. He's not good anymore. He's like, had a bad stretch before, though. Remember there, a few years ago, he had a really bad stretch, too. That is true. But, like, like even, you know, in Adam Benatari's last season with the Colts, when he was kicking field goals, there were points where you got nervous every time Adam Minitari went on the field. Yeah. He, he just wasn't – he didn't have it anymore. And I feel like as a Packers fan, there I, – I feel like, you know, if you are a Packers fan, when you see Mason Crosby go on the field, you, you're probably having that same feeling where it's like, you know what, I'm not sure if he's going to make it. Like – and so it's just – I, I feel like if an NFC championship game ever comes down to a field goal and I have to send out Mason Crosby, I'm holding my breath and crossing my fingers because I'm not sure that you can rely on him to hit that game-winning kick. Mm-hmm. And and that could come back to bite him. Um, and then last night, the Rams and the Cardinals, 30-23. to 23. Although it seemed like the Rams had that pretty much in control the entirety of the time. Yeah. The Cardinals are a really talented team to where, you know, 
when they're down, they can find a way to like, you know, squeeze something like you know, squeeze water out of a stone kind of a thing. And, you know, that's that's essentially what, you know, what had to have happened. The fact that the Cardinals had the ball in the one possession game just shows you the type of fight that they had uh, in a in an effort where the Rams completely dominated the Cardinals. Like it, it never felt close. It, you know, the fact that it was a one possession game, people were kind of surprised because like, you know, why? if you saw what I saw, I saw the Rams beat up on the Cardinals. Um, What do you think, you know, the Cardinals have been number one, number one. Now the Packers are number one, but the, the Cardinals have been kind of the surprise team. They've been at the top all year long. Um, they've lost to the Packers. They've lost to the Rams. I mean, what, what do you think is the, I guess when it comes to playoffs, what is, what are the actual expectations for this team? I think this team just needs to focus on doing what they're doing. I I don't think there's, a huge concern where it's like, oh, this team can't beat the good teams. I mean, they've already they they beat the Rams once. In fact, you know, it was kind of like a return the favor divisional game because they went into SoFi Stadium and knocked the Rams. You know, well, knocked the Rams out. Like speaking of though, they're ten and three, I believe. Um, the Cardinals. Yeah, and their three are at home. And they're undefeated on the road. In fact, if they go on the road, they beat teams by 10-plus. Um, and so I kind of wonder the same thing about Buffalo and the AFC. Would it be more to their advantage to have to go on the road, not be a, not be a top seed, but have to go somewhere else? Because they seem to be play better when they're not at home. For Buffalo, I would. And the only reason why I say that is because you might have the chance to go to Tennessee or uh, trying to think of other dome teams. Um, Pretty much anyone else except the Patriots. Yeah. Basically, just go anywhere south that's not Buffalo because, you know, I don't think they can play. They might be able to play in snow because it's going to be hard to put a spy on. Josh Allen, but like in really windy games when you can't throw it and you're still able to put a spy on Allen, that's going to be tough. Um, let's see. Uh, for the Cardinals, I don't know. The, the Cardinals had some tough opponents. They they lost to the Packers at home, which... But the Packers the didn't Pack- have 11 starters. But they still had Aaron Rodgers. I mean... Oh, but, <laughs> but I mean... Come on. They still probably should have won that game. I mean, they, uh, they absolutely probably should have still won that game. I mean, they had a chance to win it at the end of the game. I mean, that was the one where A.J. Green just didn't turn around. Yeah. Well, if he turns around and makes the catch, the Cardinals win that game. But, uh, you know, I, I get it. The Packers but, are missing but, 11 But starters. I forget that because it felt – the felt dominated by the Packers. I mean, yeah. 
very similar to last night. They had the ball at the end, but it felt dominated by the Rams. I mean, it felt like the Rams dominated a lot worse than what the Packers did. It felt like the Cardinals had a legitimate shot to beating the Packers, whereas, you know, even though it's a one-possession game, it felt like the Cardinals had no chance. Which, I mean, you know, that, that game was like, seven weeks ago, so it's like, I can't re- exactly remember how I felt when I was watching that game initially, but, like, I felt like it was a close game. Packers definitely dominated it and deserved to have won the game. Um, But it didn't feel like the Cardinals were overwhelmed in that game. Hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think it's going to bet benefit the Cardinals going to Green Bay. I don't think it's going to benefit the Cardinals going to Dallas. I don't think it's going to benefit the Cardinals going to uh, well, I don't think they're going to lose their division. So who who else would they go to? Uh, West, East, South. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to benefit them to go to Tampa. Well, I, I don't think it's going to hurt them to go to Tampa. I mean, Tampa's warm weather. I don't think it's a hostile environment. I mean, yeah. So I, 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 th- I think if they had to go on the road to Tampa, they might be able to win. But yeah, I, th- I think there's a w- way to beat the Cardinals. But I still think the Cardinals are a good team. I think they just need to focus and do what they need to do to win. All right. Um. Speaking of the Rams, um, so Odell has, I think, doubled his production in the last three or four games he's been with the Rams than he had the previous with six games with the Browns. Well, maybe yeah, not double. Your- I think it's I think it's the same, and then he's got like way more touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Roll your eyes at this if you want to, but you know I feel like it's a little bit of force feeding. Oh my! I mean, you know, you trade for Odell Beckham, and you you want to get him targets, and so, you know, I just feel like they're trying to get him involved, which you know you probably should. You know, you, you went out and got him, but like to say, oh, Odell Beckham's back. He's back to prime Beckham. I'm like, I'm not saying he he's has- back to prime Beckham. I'm just saying he's definitely being used a lot better than he was in Cleveland. Oh well, I mean that's fair. I mean, I mean that's fair. He's being used more, but like, you know, I don't, I, I didn't know exactly where you're going with the statement, and so I don't want people to get overhyped about Odell Beckham. Like, look, he's a good wide receiver. I don't think we're going to see Odell Beckham Giants again. That's just my theory. Um, Justin Herbert has become the first player to throw for 30 touchdowns in each of his first two seasons. I was surprised to hear that he's the first one to do that. I mean, throw for 30 touchdowns in his first two seasons? Each. Well, I mean, I think he set the record for most touchdown passes in a season as a rookie. Last year, because I don't think anyone ever got to thirty in their rookie year. I don't. Know. I mean, Pey- 
Peyton Manning had it for the longest time at 26, and I think Russell Wilson tied it, and I think Baker Mayfield broke it, and I think only Baker only got to 27 or 29. And Herbert, you know, four weeks behind. I said it on Run Up the Score Twitter page that Justin Herbert is already a top 10 quarterback in his rookie year. Like, you know, I, I'll say Justin Herbert is elite, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean that that's that's talent right there. Um, he he's really good, and I really I mean, he's got good weapons around him. They need to build that offensive line a little bit and give him a good defense. I think his wide receivers are excellent, and I think his running back is decent. I think they I think they need to try to get a little bit of a committee around it. Uh, I I see Eckler more as a catching out of the backfield type running back. Um, so like. I, I would not be surprised if they brought in Marlon Mack next year. Um, you know, I think a Marlon Mack, Austin Eckhart combo would be scaried up to go up against. I, th- I think the Chargers are like, I, I, I view them kind of as the Colts. They're like one step away from being dangerous. Mm. Um, COVID is starting to ramp up in all the sports leagues. Um, there's a lot lot of players getting put on the list for positives. Uh, I find my notes to say the right thing here. Um, yeah, it's a uh, all these teams can do is try to follow the protocols and hope that these uh, players who are vaccinated and following the protocols can make their way back onto the field and that it doesn't affect them too much. Okay. Now, what do you really think? Uh, No, uh, I'm not going to say that. Uh, Oh, come on, Ben. Okay. Well, we're probably going to, we might get a, you know, a little bit of a warning on our thing. Uh, obviously this vaccine, because most of the players in the league are vaccinated. Obviously this vaccine is not as effective, you know, as what people are saying it is. What did I see on Twitter today? 75, uh, 75 people were just put on the COVID list today in the NFL. And it's worse than the NBA, which I bet you their vaccination numbers are, better than the NFL's like so the fact that you know people still chastise Aaron Rodgers or people chastising Chris Collinsworth for even mentioning that Aaron Rodgers is honest about his beliefs which I didn't get at all like like I I, I don't get it if I'm being honest like I'm vaccinated you're vaccinated. We get it. It does help. But the fact that people are being chastised for not doing it, I don't get it. Because it's, it's clearly not that it like it's effective, but it's not as effective as what you're as what not you you personally, but as what people are making it out to be. I think the the argument is I don't think anyone's arguing that if you get it, you if you get 
the vaccine, you can't get COVID. I think it, well, that was the think, argument at the, at the initially. What? Like that was the argument initially. Like I think the argument was initially saying if you get the vaccine, the vaccine, you are ninety percent resistant against it. And with yes. these numbers, with I, these numbers, it's clearly not the case. I know. I'm. I, I'm saying. I think the the. I think the vaccine because just because you have a vaccine doesn't mean you're not going to get it. I think it helps um, resist it, and it helps um, if you do get it for it to not be as severe. Um, Which is fair. I think. You know, there's this new variant, and I don't know how much that's playing into everything. Um, and you, Omicron and you, variant. Yeah, what? Yeah, I don't know how much. I don't know how much. You know, the new like Delta and Omicron. How much all those are playing into everything, and I don't know um, how much. You know, like I got vaccinated back in May, so like I'm probably right around the time to start. Um, getting like the booster or whatever like i don't know how long ago like the vaccine's been out for like i don't know if you know maybe these players didn't get the booster but they got the vaccine like in february and um and because it's been because i think they say it's like seven or eight months that you uh wait between the booster like because it's it, it uh i don't know if like the vaccine loses its effectiveness after that long if these players you know it's been nine, 10 months since they got vaccinated, you know, I don't know what all the specifics are, but I think, I think the, I, I don't, I, I agree with you in that. I don't agree with, you know, just the chastising of everyone of um, that says they aren't going to get it. But I do think that the, the overall argument for it is that it can, it can help prevent. But the main thing is that if you do get it, it's not as severe because you look at the numbers and the overwhelming majority of people who are having to be hospitalized or in um, or put in the ICU, like the, the I think it's 80 percent are unvaccinated or something like that both ways. Um, if you have if you have a um, hundred people that are go to the hospital it's like 85 of them are unvaccinated 15 of them are vaccinated and then the icu it's like of those 100 we had to put 10 in the icu and one was vaccinated and nine were unvaccinated i think it's just the severity of the um the severity of it if you're not vaccinated that people um are i think is the argument for it yeah, and don't get me wrong, I get it, but it's like, you know, I think back to Carson Wentz and how, you know, I remember his press conference, you know, when it came out that he wasn't vaccinated and like people just attacked him with the questions and it's not like, you know, give us your take on it. It's like, it was like the media was telling him you need to get vaccinated and that you're selfish and like all sorts of this stuff. Well, Carson Wentz isn't one of the 75 players that was just put in protocols. So like, 
you know, and I'd love to see the numbers on these 75 players that were put in the protocols, which ones were vaccinated and not vaccinated. And I'm not promoting not vaccination at all. I'm just saying, like, I don't like, you know, I do. I, I agree with you. I think it's a, you know, I think the vaccine helps with the symptoms. I think uh, the vaccine um, does lower the chances, but I don't think that the effectiveness of you not getting COVID, I don't think it's going to help uh, not spread the virus. Like I, if that were the case, you know, I think what this, I think at least 70% of the country has been vaccinated. I, th- yeah. I think I'm not sure. Um, but it hasn't stopped the spread. People are still getting it. Like it's I, I think, just, but I think that's the that's the that's the key point. There is they're saying I like I accepted a long time ago. I was like I'm probably gonna. I think everyone's gonna end up having it at some point. Um, mm-hmm. It's a matter of get it, it by getting the vaccinations out. It's a matter of being able to manage it better than Mm -hmm. if it was just everyone doing their own thing. And I think that's where the frustration comes in um, from both sides, because one, you know, luckily this is a topic that people don't have very strong feelings about, but the, um, (laughs) you know, one side says, you know, you're taking away my freedom of this. And so I feel threatened by that. And the other side is saying, um, well, you know, this is the only way to, um, I don't, I don't think they're saying this is the way to end the pandemic necessarily, but it's, they're saying that it's the way that you can feel more comfortable, you know, doing normal things because even if you do get it, it's not going to be as bad. Like you still don't want to, you know, you still don't want to get it, but um, the, the, the symptoms are generally at a higher percentage, much higher percentage, less if you're vaccinated versus unvaccinated. And I, I know this is a sports podcast, but sometimes, you know, this stuff comes into sports. And so that's why it's, it's come up, but I think, I I, I, I think that's, I think you have one side that thinks this is the only way to, to fix it. And you have this side that says that's not fixing it. That's um, it's a treatment. Yeah. And, and, and so, and so I think that's why everyone's on both sides are so upset. Um, But I think the solution is in the middle somewhere as with everything. Yeah, I mean, and that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have any more I want to add. I kind of expressed my expressed myself enough in that, and this 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 podcast is probably already going to get flagged because we just talked about that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, the Raiders Allegiant Stadium is expected to be the site of Super Bowl Fifty Eight in twenty twenty four. I mean, not really surprising. Um, uh, not not only because it's Vegas and whatnot, but it's like uh, the NFL kind of has this policy where it's like, if you build a new stadium, we will come. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, 
Dominic, that's probably the only reason why Indianapolis has hosted a Super Bowl, which confuses me so much because I feel like Indianapolis should be hosting more Super Bowls. I feel like I feel like it went super well when Indianapolis had the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. It was like, you know, the only thing that might have been, you know, bad about it was it was cold. No, it wasn't. I remember that week. It was like 60s and 70s. It was like the first time it ever happened. Yeah, but I mean, I thought it was great. Like, you know, I the, the lights didn't go out like it did in New Orleans, yet they went back to, I don't know if they went back to Superdome after that. But, you know, that's what happened. Um, the person who sang the National Anthem got it right. Um, and it was a good game, and people enjoyed it. So... <laughs> Um, there's an autopsy of an ex NFL player, Philip Adams, who was accused of killing six people. And they said that his, uh, autopsy showed unusually severe CTE and frontal lobes. Yeah. CTE. That's kind of, it's kind of like that thing that, you know, people in the NFL don't want to talk about, but when it comes up like this, you know, it's, you know, we need to have this discussion again about, you know, player evaluations, concussions and all that. And, you know, at what point do is the line of protecting the players and trying to have a game that people watch and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you look at this and, you know, th- these are never easy ways to answer. And so, you know, it's, you know, to say it's unfortunate is an understatement. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I've never, you know, I'm sure you're, you agree with me on this. I've never been a proponent to like ban football on any level. Um, you know, but you know, it's stuff like this that are going to convince parents not to let their children play football. Mm-hmm. And it and it's it's a legitimate reason. Uh, Steph Curry tonight became the all-time leader in three-pointers. Of course, he did it in New York. He couldn't have done it when I was there last night in Indiana. I heard he wasn't like n- not just the game against Indiana, but the game before. I heard he wasn't even playing that well while he was in pursuit of it. No, they so the he was he needed. 10 threes to beat it. And he played Saturday night and he, ha- he went to three of 13 um, from three. Um, and so then he needed seven, which normally Steph hits like five or six a game. So we were thinking he plays Saturday night. He's going to hit five or six, and then he's only going to need four or five uh, <laughs> when he comes to Indiana. Well, then it was like, well, he needs seven. And we were like, oh, my gosh. And then he went 5 of 15 um, last night from three, just by just from three. Um, and um, and so he didn't hit it. And we were like, man. And now we know he only needs two. And, of course, he's going to hit it. And he hit it in the first four minutes of the game tonight. Um, he hit two threes. And I think I, – I don't know what he uh, – I don't know what the final stats were, but um, – but yeah, he was like he was only shooting like thirty percent from three, 
um, in the in the last couple games leading up to it. Yeah. Um, I would agree. Uh, I mean, it's not. I don't really know a good response, but yeah, that it, it, you, you, I don't even know if I'm a Pacers fan if I want that to happen. On no, like, you absolutely want it to happen. Here's what was my argument. Okay, I didn't understand. We were watching the game last night. I didn't understand why uh, the Pacers weren't just passing the ball to Steph and letting him shoot so that he could get the record. Because here's the thing: whether the Pacers win or lose that game, we still suck. But we can have that record be broken in that building on that night, and we carry that with us forever until it gets broken. But then we still remember, like, he's he's going to stay on top of that list for a long time. Every time they name the three-pointers, they're going to be like, Steph Curry will be like, yeah, he broke the record here. Mm-hmm. We, I, I mean, we wanted the record. We wanted, we wanted, we wanted the record. Okay, I'm. I'll just go with you on that. Um, I haven't been paying attention to much NBA, especially after uh, I kind of stopped vetting it for a while. Um, Mitt has not been doing well. He he has not. And not only that, Gumpy was hot on his college basketball pick, so I kind of shifted towards him. (laughs) Oh, his twelve in one night. That was a good day. That was a good day. Um, he didn't have a good Saturday though. He tweeted out like 15 picks, and I think he went like uh, uh, like seven for however many, uh, seven of eight. And so it's, I mean, it could have been a lot worse, but not that great. But anyway, um, I guess back to the Golden State Steph Curry kind of thing, you know. I guess, you know, a bummer that he didn't break it in Bankers Life Fieldhouse. What? Gainbridge Fieldhouse. It's not Bankers Life anymore? No, that happened a long time ago. Oh, well, I guess it's going to take a while for me to not call it Bankers. Um, But uh, regardless, I'm more concerned that, you know, the Pacers are a bad team when really I feel like they should be an average team. Yeah, we're pretty bad. And I don't get why. Because we don't really have anyone. Um, I mean, I get it, but we I feel like we have a bunch of average players, but we can't be average. Um, Notre Dame, quickly looking at college football, Notre Dame hired Marcus Freeman who is their defensive coordinator as their new head coach after Brian Kelly dipped out to go to LSU midseason. Um, the seeding for the college football playoff, number one, Alabama, of course, because even though they're bad, they're number one. Um, I, I guess I don't know, but I, I heard they were the worst they've been in years, and here they are, number one. Um, number two is Michigan. Number three is Georgia. And number four is Cincinnati. Um, I personally am going to be rooting for Michigan. Uh, 
I'm on the side of anyone but Alabama. Okay. I could see that. Um, well, then you Am probably gonna... see, see, I would root for Michigan then because Alabama just handily handled Georgia to be number one. I mean, I probably would root for Michigan. Um, uh, I do have friends who are Michigan fans. Um, and not to mention, I know a lot of obnoxious Ohio State fans, and I know it would kill them to see Michigan win a national championship. <laughs> so I'm not even a Michigan fan. I just hate obnoxious fans. And I swear, Ohio, and Ohio State, State has I, some of the most. Yes. Like, Ohio, like, I don't know who I would choose between Patriots fans. Oh, I know who I would choose. And Ohio State fans. I don't follow college football closely enough to care more about Ohio State fans than Patriot fans. So, um, well, here's the thing. I'm not around Patriots fans as much as you are. Like, yeah, my brother's a Patriots fan, but like, it's not that bad. But boy, when I was at Grace College, every time we'd have a chat, I, I will say, so I will say this. When I was at IWU, like, I, Ohio State has an awful fan base, but the people I knew who I was close with who were Ohio State fans were not bad. Okay, well, and maybe that's just you. I got the unlucky bunch of people on my hall. I don't even. I mean, I, I don't think you're unlucky. I would say I'm more lucky because you got about a 99 percent chance of being obnoxious if you're an Ohio State fan. <laughs> uh, yes, because like. Like, let me tell you, every single chapel, when someone who doesn't even go to Ohio State, they just, you know, like they Ohio go to grace. <laughs> well, yeah. And every time we go to chapel and we have a speaker because we have a different speaker every single time. Um, and someone, you know, who likes Ohio State goes up there, you know, he'll start by saying, oh, H, and the whole crowd goes, I And I'm just like, this is annoying. <laughs> like. Or like someone will go up there and say they're a Michigan fan, and then someone in the Greece crowd will say, "Oh wait," then everyone else will go, "I oh," and it's like, what? "Oh my god, it's annoying. I hate it. Like, I it they drive me nuts." There are there were a couple of ones that don't drive me nuts, but boy, oh boy, I'm not gonna lie. I keep Ohio State fans. It's it's tough. It's tough. Um. And then Bryce Young became the first Alabama quarterback to win the Heisman. See, this was like the first year where I like never even heard of the guy. (laughs) Yeah. Like I feel like this would have been a great year to give it to a non quarterback just because, you know, no one knew anybody who was going to win the Heisman anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So might as like, well just give it to a linebacker. <laughs> linebacker or, or, or a running back. Because I think there are I think there's a couple of good running backs who will come up. Um but dang, like I I, I Alabama's quarterback didn't blow me away at all. I I like Alabama, they almost lost the LSU, they almost lost to Arkansas, they lost to Texas AM, I think. I think that was the team. Like, I, I I don't understand how you give it to him. I, if anything, I would have given it to someone on Michigan. Mm. Maybe Michigan's quarterback because they were about ready to run Harbaugh out of town. Um, 
that's all I got, Ben. Do you have anything else? Did we look at next week's lines? Oh, yes, I forgot. Um, I will say I have some future bets if you're interested. Okay. Uh, I Right now, Tom Brady is the favorite for MVP. He's minus 165. Mm-hmm. But I sprinkled Aaron Rodgers, who is currently plus 500, and Patrick Mahomes, who is currently plus 1,200. I don't think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I don't dislike the Aaron Rodgers one. I, I think feel like Aaron Mahomes. Rodgers should be MVP. Mm, I don't know. I'd have to take a uh, deeper look at the numbers. Um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I think if you're asking me, I think Aaron Rodgers is more deserving this year than what was last year. Yeah. But I'm not going to dispute what Tom Brady has done this year, just mostly because I don't I haven't really followed him. I know he's had a lot of good games this year, so I need to look at the numbers. But if you're asking me on who deserves it more this year and last year, I think Aaron Rodgers deserves it more this year than he did last year. Um, Mac Jones is minus 400 for offensive rookie of the year. Jamar Chase is plus 300. Um, and that's about it. Jalen Waddles next at plus 5,000. Yeah, this might be the worst, um, you know, decisions. This this is like a year where you wish Quentin Nelson was eligible for Rookie of the Year because he might just win it. Yeah. Like, he didn't have a chance when he came up, but he should have been. Yeah. He might have had a chance at this one. But I, I, I'm surprised. Maybe it's just a quarterback, quarterback effect. I'm surprised Jamar Chase isn't a favorite. Now, granted, his numbers haven't been great over the last, you know, four to five weeks. And that could be what's skewing it. But I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like he's I feel like he's more important than what Mac Jones is, mostly because like the Patriots could have gone with Cam Newton. And I feel like they still would have been fine. Um defensive rookie of the year. This is a pretty safe bet. Micah Parsons is minus 5,000 to win defensive rookie of the year. Um, that would be if you bet 50,000, you'd win 1,000. Um, I'm having a brain fart. What team is that again? What? I'm having a brain fart. I can't think of it. Micah Parsons? Yes. Cowboys? What team is he? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just couldn't think of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's about the safest bet. I don't. There's no one who's going to beat him. The next closest is Patrick Sertain. He's plus a thousand in Denver. What about that Colts defensive lineman, Penesu? Quit it, pay. Yeah. Um, I'll see. He's not even on the list, dude. What? Yeah, not even close. Um, defensive player of the year. Micah Parsons is plus three fifty. Miles Garrett's plus two fifty. Uh, and then TJ. Okay, that's about to say TJ Watt. Are you kidding me? You snubbed him last year. TJ Watt's plus four hundred. So he's third. Yeah, I'd, I'd sprinkle some on him. No, I, I guess he has been. I'd hurt. sprinkle Micah. Yeah. Aaron Donald's plus 800. Trayvon Diggs is plus 1,200. Oh, look, I get it. Aaron, Donald, Aaron Donald's good, but, like, I've had just about enough of Aaron Donald. 
Um, comeback player of the year. Dak is minus a thousand. Yeah, that's uh, that that was pretty obvious. Yeah, Carson Wentz is plus two thousand. Yeah, you're gonna have that one person that you know votes Carson Wentz when we, everyone knows it should be unanimously Dak Prescott. But mm-hmm. I mean, but if you think that's the safest bet, fifty thousand will win you five thousand. Hmm. Hmm. I don't have fifty thousand um, though. <laughs> Coach of the year, Belichick's minus one fifteen. Then you got Kingsbury and Lafleur and Vrabel and McVay and Staley. I think I got to give it to Bill Belichick. Yeah. Offensive player of the year. This might be the closest race. Oh, don't tell me. Jonathan Taylor's probably got to be a favorite, followed well, by. Right now, Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup are both plus 150. Oh, Cooper Cup, I forgot about him. I think you got to give it to JT. I, here's what I'll say. If the Colts make the playoffs, JT wins it. If they miss it, then it's Cooper Cup. I sprinkled it when it was plus 175 for JT. Now what is it now? 150. 150. Okay. I'll, I'll sprinkle. Well, I'm not going to make any promises because, like, I, I, with my personal situations that are going on, I finally made enough to pay back some outstanding debt that I was in. So I'm kind of taking a break from betting right now. That way, I once, once I have my total dollar amount, I can start budgeting how much I need to start betting now. I also sprinkle Chiefs to be the number one seed at plus 400 in the AFC. I'd have to, I'd have to look at schedules. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, I mean, the Patriots right now are there. Well, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I would have to look at schedules. I got to see who the Chiefs play. Like, I, I'm not sure who I would agree with. I did sprinkle... Uh, Chiefs being AFC champions. E- Who's going to beat them? Uh, you're going to hate this answer, but I think the Patriots have just as good Get a shot as any. out of here. Get out of here. You're so wrong. You've been wrong about the Patriots for three weeks now. I will be right in about two. <laughs> <laughs> In two weeks, when they're nine and six, and and they're uh, in the four slot, I'm gonna be like, "See, I've been telling you, this team's not. They've been beating a lot of bad teams." I mean, okay, okay. So I'm not. Okay, okay. I'm just. I'm not gonna get into it. This week, looking ahead, Thursday night football might be game of the week: Chiefs at Chargers. It's the last Thursday night game, too, I believe. Oh. Chiefs are minus three. Why am I tempted to take the Chargers on this? I'm going to do it. I'm tempted. I'm taking the Chargers. 
I probably won't pick this one, but I'll take the Chiefs. Of course you will. Yeah. Uh, because, like, if the Chiefs don't win this game, then with tennis, with how easy Tennessee's schedule is, they might just end up the one seed because. Uh, the Raiders at Cleveland on Saturday. Cleveland minus three. Oh, goodness. Do I want to? The over is 40. I'd say that's about right. <laughs> do I want to stick toothpicks in my eyes or do I want to stick them in my ears? That's what it's like. Uh Who's the better record? I think it's similar. No, well, it's definitely similar. I think the Browns have a slightly better record. I think the Browns are game. seven and six. And I think the Raiders are seven and six or six and seven. Mm. I tell you what, I went eight and four last week by picking every single game. So I'm not sure if I want to pick this game. But where okay, remind me again, where is it at? Is it Cleveland. at Cleveland? Okay. Uh give me Cleveland. Reluctantly. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna take this one either, but I'll take Cleveland so we have the same record there. Um <laughs> Um, this line has been a moving Saturday night. Patriots at Colts. Now the Colts are favored by two and a half. My gosh, Colts for underdogs to open this up makes me nervous. Um, once it gets to three and a half, I'm out. But I think I might take him at two and a half. Take who? The Colts. So I will take him at two and a half. I will take him at three and a half. I will take them at four and a half. I'll take him at five and a half. I'll take him at six and a half. I'll take him at seven and a half. I'll take him at eight and a half. I'll take him at nine and a half. At this point, like you're more of a hater on the Patriots than you are an Eeyore of the Colts. I, 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 this is the game the Patriots get exposed. I don't think exposure is going to be that case. I, I like there's a reason why I'm not taking the hook because I could see this one coming down to a field goal. I think it could be close. It could be close, but I think the Colts are going to win it unless, they, the Colts are- unless they're stupid like they did against Tampa Bay. That is true. I mean, New England's defense is tough, so points are going to be at a premium. What's the over-under? 45 and a half. Ooh, I like the under there. Ooh. 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 <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I do I do like the under there. Um, points are going to be at a premium. Because New England's defense is good. We do have a good offensive line, though. Um, I would 
try to rely heavily on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, let's maybe um, not try and throw it 26 times in a row. However, Bill Belichick is notorious from taking away your greatest weapon. So that might be a problem. Um, here's where I think we benefit is I think we can make the Patriots offense one dimensional. I think we do have the ability to stop their run game and force Mac Jones to throw. And if our secondary can keep on producing turnovers, I think that can be big. And I think that's what the difference in the game is going to be. Um, I, you know, I, I thought, you know, Ben's been talking up the Patriots so much. I thought the Colts were going to be underdogs in this. And so I was just going to take Colts money line. And I was like, that's an easy, easy. I just think they're going to win. I'll take the money line. I'll get plus. And then here they are favorites. And I'm like, this is what I've been saying. I think they're better than the Patriots. Everyone thinks they're better than the Patriots. Ben's just been Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. I'm sorry. The Patriots are seven and zero in their last seven games. And they're seven and four against the spread this year. So I, I, I just got to apologize for whenever Bo makes a guarantee, he ends up being wrong. Not always. You had two guarantees this year. You guaranteed the Browns. And I, guaranteed guaranteed. The Colts. I guaranteed the Colts against the Texans. Minus 10. Wait, I don't think you guaranteed it. In fact, I specifically recall... A quote unquote should win, not a will win, should win. Well, they should. I said they should cover that 10. Yeah, it would sound like a should quotation marks. Um, anyway, anyway, Washington Philadelphia. at Phil. This is now we're Sunday. Washington at Philadelphia, Philadelphia minus five. Minus five. Mm-hmm. Oh, because Heineke got hurt. Um, Division game. I'll take Washington. See, here's your here's your bias coming in. Um, give me Philly. I I I guess it's bias. I I will acknowledge that. I still think the Eagles will win. I think though this is a close game. I I would probably take Eagles to win, but I think Washington could probably make it a game. Panthers at Bills. Line? Ten and a half. Bills. Yeah, give me the bills. (laughs) Um, I will say, I want to see the weather, though. (laughs) Well, here's what I think. I think the weather's actually supposed to be pretty good, because, like, you know, a lot of times this weather that we have in Indiana kind of pushes up north. Mm-hmm. So the weather we're getting right now, it's not bad. I mean, it's cold, but it's not bad. And if that pushes up north, it's going to be nice weather in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention, I think the Bills need a win in a very desperate way. Yeah. The Jets at the Dolphins. The Dolphins, eight and a half. Dolphins. Can't take the Jets. <laughs> you, you, you can't. I mean. Uh, Cowboys at Giants. 
That's got to be like 13, right? Ten and a half. I guess that tells you where I'm going. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> well, give me the drives. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish Zeke was healthy. Not just for my fantasy team, but... <laughs> If I I, I want to see is Daniel Jones out like again or because I, I feel like that does make a difference. Um, Titans at Pittsburgh. Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Tennessee is favored by one and a half. You're joking. It's it's Tennessee, right? Right? Is that who you're picking? I think, right? I mean, I understand. Like, that's the obvious choice, right? I'm taking Pittsburgh. Interesting. Your bias is showing, Ben. My bias. You've been who hated Pittsburgh since week 13 last year. Okay. I mean, I have hated Pittsburgh since week 13 last year. Um, They're not as the same way in Philly. They're not as bad as you think they are. I mean, don't get me wrong. Pittsburgh is, it hasn't really played that well to change my mind. At least I can acknowledge I was wrong about Philly. I'm not that convinced on Pittsburgh, though. I'm not that convinced on Tennessee without Derrick Henry. Uh, that, that's a fair point, but they did get Julio Jones back. And they, I think A.J. Brown could be back as well this week. Don't quote me on that, but I think he can't. I, I'm not sure. Be just in time now that I'm out of the playoffs for him to come back to my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> You're telling me I have Derrick Henry in one of my leagues, and I'm in the playoffs, and I'm like, you know what? It'd be sure nice to have Derrick Henry in back right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's one. Houston at Jacksonville. Jacksonville is favored by three and a half. In no way, shape, or form should Jacksonville ever be favored. Give me the Texans plus 150 money line. Yeah, I'm not taking money lines. Uh, give me the Texans three and a half. <laughs> um, although, although, to be fair, this is one of those games where it doesn't matter who is favored? I probably would have went with the underdog just out of respect that no one should have been favored in this game. <laughs> so if Houston was favored by three and a half, I would have went with the Jaguars. <laughs> um, the Cardinals at Detroit. Now this one's got to be 13, right? 13 and a half. Oh, I'm good. Can't take the Lions. I mean, I can't. I can't. I, I really can't. Because the Lions got their win. They got their Super Bowl. 
Okay. They're not going to go 0 17. However, if they do something stupid and win, then we don't know about based on strength of schedules who's getting the number one pick. So I think now they're like, you know what? Time to set the cruise control. Mm-hmm. The Falcons at the Niners. That's going to be Niners by five, right? Nine and a half. Call me insane. Call me drunk. Call me whatever you want. At nine and a half. I tell you what, I tell you what. I'm gonna buy a point at ten and a half and give me the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um Because I, f- I feel like the Falcons are still going to play tough. Because Give I me the Niners that... money line. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's fair. Because like, the Falcons are still in play of contention. Yeah. Like, they have a... I think the Fal- but I thought the Falcons are going to play hard before, and then they've done nothing. So, I don't know... I don't know who the Falcons are. They're too unpredictable for me. I've stayed away from Falcons games all year. That's fair, but give me give me what I want. What I want is the Falcons. Give me the over. 46. Interesting. So I could see that being like a 27-24. Um, Bengals at Broncos. This is gonna be like Bengals by six. Do what? Bengals by six. Broncos by one and a half. Oh, give me Cincinnati. (laughs) What are we doing here? Yeah, I'll take Cincinnati. They, they're going to be in a mo- They have a chance to win the division. They're going to be in that. Yes. Mode. Yes. And not to mention, like Broncos coming off an emotional game. It's Bell's Bengals. Okay. <laughs> um. And you might get right now. It's leaning like it might go to two. Well, um, you know, if we're if we're doing both logic here, we might take the Broncos because it makes yeah, because no that line makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a line that makes no sense, Ben. You ready? What we might be calling this game? We don't know yet. Packers Ravens in Baltimore. Packers favored by four and a half. I said I don't think it's outrageous. I probably if I was setting the lineup, I would have put, put with a seven and a half, put that hook on there. I think you, wait, you were taking Ravens at seven and a half? No, 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 no. I I said um 
if I was making the line, I would have had the line at seven and a half. It was at six and a half. It has come down. What? For what reason? I don't know, Ben. Usually, uh, usually that means it, that money's coming in on the Ravens. Well, it's got to be COVID or something like that. Like the line doesn't move because of money. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, it does move because of money, but like. I've never seen a line move that much because of money. Normally, it's like new information. Something's happened. I don't know. I mean, four and a half. But I feel like the Packers are light years better than the Ravens. Yes, Packers. Like, I don't know if like there's like supposed to be like extreme weather coming to Baltimore. Yeah. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. You know, we'll keep our eye on it, but yeah. Uh, here's the other game we might be calling Ben Seahawks mm-hmm. at Rams. What do you think the line is? Seahawks at the Rams. The Rams are favored. Here's the question, though: How much? I think we're going to get the same thing. I would put the line at seven and a half. Four. Really? Rams have a bunch Why? of players on COVID. Rams have a bunch. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, I mean, I feel like they're going to get a bunch of those guys back. I mean, they were on COVID for Monday. I mean, no, seven more went on today, including Odell. Oh. Big outbreak there. Well, then I don't know. I, I I mean, this might just be one of those weeks because of all the COVID stuff. You kind of just stay away, mm. or you or you wait till Sunday to really make like, on on hammer down the tone digs. He was he's like. Gambling isn't hard enough as it is. You're going to throw all this crap into it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Saints at Bucks, Sunday night football. I'd say Tampa by 10 and a half. You've seen the line, but yeah. No, I didn't. I I seriously guessed it. But if I were to pick that game, I'd probably pick the Saints. Yeah, for sure. They've been the only team that Tampa's sucked against. Mm-hmm. I do worry, though, because of Taysom Hill. Oh, yeah, for sure. That does throw a wrench into things. <laughs> <laughs> Given that now the Saints are completely relying on running, and that's the strength of the Bucks defense. Yes. So, uh, Trevor, is, is Trevor Simeon hurt, like, or did he get benched? I don't know. I think he's hurt. That's frustrating. Um, Vikings at, come back. Vikings at Bears. Oh my! Monday Night Football. We don't have a Manning cast again, do we? Not till the new year. That sucks. Yeah. Um, Vikings at Bears. Vikings three and a half. Four. Ooh, not bad. Um shoot. Let's go with 
I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Yeah, go with the Vikings. The Bears suck. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they they played the Packers hard, but like, I mean, how hard? I mean, if a team is preventative on special teams, how hard did the Bears play the Packers? That is true. Uh, just just Fields. See, I don't like to hate on the Bears because, like, I do enjoy Justin Fields, and I think he's good. I just feel like they're gonna have to completely rebuild every the Bears. Like the mm-hmm. Bears need to rebuild around Justin Fields. Yeah. Can you believe Russell Wilson actually wanted to go to the Bears? I think he still would. Oh my goodness. Russell Wilson needs to go to like the Giants. Giants. Right? Yep. That's what I said. Giants. That's what I thought you said. I was just double checking. Or the Jets. (laughs) Not the Jets. Oh my gosh, it's the same team. It is absolutely not. One has dignity, one does not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Giants haven't had dignity since Eli Manning threw a pass to Mario Manningham. <laughs> I don't I but the Jets haven't had dignity since Joe Namath. I mean that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> Okay, now that is officially all I have. So that's the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm tired. If you are interested in learning more about Run Up the Score, check out the link in the show notes. It'll take you to where you can listen, you can share it with friends, you can email us, you can tweet us, you can... Instagram us, all of the good stuff. Also, don't forget, we're going to be calling a game on Sunday on ColorCast. You can download the app, listen in, see what you think. It'll either be yeah. it'll either be Seahawks, Rams, or Packers, Ravens, whichever one they decide to play for us Indiana folk. Well, it's probably going to be Packers, Ravens. Um, are we not doing the one o'clock game then? What? Are we, will we not be doing the one o'clock game in? Are we ruling those out? Yeah, I'm going to rule those out. Okay. I, I, I'm going to a wedding Saturday night, um, and it's going to be late. You can't get up for a one o'clock game? I slept through the one o'clock games this week, Ben. Are you kidding me? I, I woke up, and it was 40-something to something Chiefs. Oh my goodness. I like woke up for the I I got up at noon. Or I got up at maybe a little afternoon. And then I fell back asleep like mid first quarter and I woke up for the fourth quarter. My goodness. I went to bed one time at like three or four in the morning. And because there was a game in London. I, you best believe I got my butt out of bed oh my God. at nine in the morning to watch that game. It probably wasn't even a good game. It was the Jaguars and Dolphins. It was exactly. actually a good game. It okay. sucked. <laughs> it was a poorly played game, but it was close. <laughs> <laughs> so it that- had no the only the only difference that game possibly had was draft order. 
Well, I mean, if the Dolphins had the Dolphins won that game, they their playoff chances would have increased because I think they're back in the hunt. Well, they're very vaguely in the hunt. Oh yeah, but in the hunt nonetheless. I know. I had a friend. He was a. He would always watch the. He'd always watch the Chelsea soccer. Then he'd get up at like six thirty a.m. on Saturdays in college and watch the Chelsea soccer games. You know, because it's soccer, I don't get it or understand it. However, I can respect someone's fandom towards a sports team because you, you best believe if I was in like, you know, let's say the UK or the Middle East somewhere and the Colts were playing at three in the morning, you best believe I'm getting my butt up and watching the Colts game. Okay, if it's at three in the morning, I'm staying up till the game. Um <laughs> But yeah, I can I can understand. I can respect it. You gotta watch the game, kick off to well, kneel down. I'm, I'm ruling out the one o'clock games though because the four like the games later are supposed to be better anyway. Well, ideally, the only reason why I ask is because like the Steelers and Titans—that's the game I feel like we'd probably get. And so I just wanted to cross check you with you. Um, let's see. We'll probably get Cowboys Giants. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Cowboys, Giants, or uh, and then Steelers, Titans. Yeah, that was that would be my guess. Yeah, and then the afternoon game, I guess we get Packers and Ravens. Yeah, I don't know. They like showing us the Rams. The reason why I say no is because we got a Midwest team versus a West team. And I feel like they're going to show it to their Midwest audience, the Midwest team. If that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I'm about 50, 50, whichever one it's going to be. I just know like, like the, that four o'clock game, like, I don't know how many times it goes to the Rams and the Seahawks because of Russ and the, and the Rams. Mm-hmm. Not just the matchup, but like that those teams playing in the four o'clock slot. You know what? Let's just let's just watch Red Zone for an hour. Commentate on them all. That. <laughs> hey, I mean, we can propose it to them. Be like, hey, we have Red Zone. You want us just to give our commentary? We could do Red Saints Zone. Bucks that Sunday night. No, like. Don't get me wrong. I hope it's a good game, and I think it can be a good game, but that game could also be a blowout. That could be. Well, that's how I feel about Packers and Ravens. <laughs> yes, but I feel like there's more to talk about when there's a blowout. Because like normally when it's a blowout, you can kind of like praise the other team in that regard. But in no way, shape, or form do we want to be praising Tom Brady. Very good point, Ben. Very good point. Titan Steelers could be interesting. Yeah. So I mean, I don't care if it's Packers, Ravens. It's up to you. But I mean, I, I guess my favorite of the options would be Titans, Pitt Steelers. But I don't, I don't see anything wrong with Packers, Ravens. 
Okay. Well, we'll see what the what the schedule Coverage is tomorrow. Map. And then we can decide from there. Alrighty. But I think that's going to be the show. Hopefully we'll see you next week here on Run Up the Score. Results may vary.